0: Highways Voices, the podcast of Highways News, your one-stop destination for all the news about the highways and transport technology industries, and our must-read daily newsletter.
1: Welcome to the south of France and the lovely city of Toulouse for the ITS European Congress 2022. This is Highways Voices, brought to you thanks to the support of our 2022 Congress sponsors, SWACO, Nota.ai and Gevi, who will also be supporting us when we head to Los Angeles for the World Congress in September. But here this week, let's hear about data and competitors getting together to talk sustainability. We'll ride on Europe's first Level 4 driverless vehicle in mixed traffic and get our partner news and we'll start by hearing a few minutes of the opening ceremony on Monday the delegates heard a debate featuring Pedro Baradas, who's president of ITS Portugal, Laura Coconia, who's head of innovation at Swaco, and first, Anneliese Thiebelmont, VP of Qualcomm, who talked about data.
2: For Qualcomm, digitalization of transportation is key. Um, wireless connectivity will be the backbone of ITS and CITS. Uh, We all have that dream one day that we would have access to transportation anywhere, anytime, the same way we have access to mobile technology in the heart of of, our palm. This is becoming a reality. It is a reality for wireless communication, and we are very excited to be part of this digital transformation of uh, the transport ecosystem and network. Um, 5G is becoming ubiquitous. Um, deployment across 30 countries uh, hundreds of operators. Um, what's interesting is uh, the the ecosystem part of, uh, the transport ecosystem including the automaker are making the transition even faster to 5G that they were doing that transition back in the previous generation of technology. So as you see the speed of uh, innovation is greater and is more pervasive into new vertical uh, and uh, I'm very excited that Today, we are not only here to talk about road safety, but also the role of technology towards sustainability.
3: Thank you. Pedro, um, you're kind of like the connection between the providers and the users. And in France, it's been a particular issue about how rural parts of the
1: country have been left behind at the expense of sophisticated, well-connected cities like Toulouse. Tell me about the Portugal experience.
4: Thank you uh, first of all thank you for the opportunity uh, it's a real privilege to uh, to be here uh, at the, this ceremony congratulations to Urtico uh, for organizing the, the Congress and congratulations to the city of Toulouse also for hosting it uh, digitalization for um, it's it's a, a big uh, key challenge for uh, that we have in front of us but also a very important opportunity in that regard for making sure that uh, when we're looking at um, Equity, equality of opportunities, uh, not only for the, the urban domains, but also for the rural domains. We really make use of digitalization to bring this uh, human factor, these communities together. Uh, I, I see it very um, uh, optimistically, I would say. Yeah, maybe, maybe it's my, my nature. Uh, we see it uh, uh, as a, a really interesting tool for making sure that uh, we can cope with this uh, need for inclusion. Uh, especially on the um, uh, younger generations, but also the elderly gen- generations. I'm actually turning 50 this year, so uh, and I, I think that in 10 years, I'll be part of the elderly generation. And as many of, uh, of me, who, who are already my age and grey in hair, we will be the, um, the generation, the most proficient digital generation to reach these elderly ages. So I see this as an opportunity also for continue contributing for uh, for this inclusion um, to keep on on on, uh, on pro- progressing well and taking really use advantage of the infrastructure uh, and making really good use of this. I think uh, as a last remark, I would say that um, uh, it's not only about in the t- in topics of um, uh, inclusion. It's not only about speaking about smart cities, but it's more and more beginning to speak about uh, um, territorial cohesion. So maybe smart villages is a hot topic also to come forward and bring and think and try to reuse the same lessons that we are putting in practice in the cities also to the rural areas where we can find opportunities to uh, to scale up or to replicate the, the lessons learned in the urban domain.
1: We're hearing a lot about intelligent connections today and over the next few days, what does that mean for you at SWACA?
3: Intelligent connections, if you look at future mobility, actually it's all about intelligent connections, connecting assets, connecting systems, connecting finally the road infrastructure with the traveller in making the travel experience safer, quicker, more convenient and environmentally sound. When we look at the horizon, automation is there, but what we have here today is connected and cooperative mobility. And Sparco has invested within the last 15 years heavily into be, being ready for this challenge. In having, on one side, roads that cars can read with our road markings, but even more, roads that cars can interact with with our traffic management. But in order of all these great things to happen, we need to invest in infrastructure today. A
1: taste of the opening ceremony, setting the scene here in Toulouse, here on Highways Voices, sponsored by SWARCO, Nota.ai, and Gevi.
0: Highways Voices, the podcast from highwaysnews.com. highwaysnews.com.
1: So, on Highways Voices, you heard a few mi- minutes of the opening ceremony where Laura Coconia of Swaco was one of the guests talking about the importance of sustainability in transport. So, let's pick up on that topic a bit more with our best friend of Highways Voices, Richard Neumann of Swaco. I don't know how many years we go back doing podcasts together, Richard. But here we are in another convention center and here on the Swaco stand
5: sustainability is really taking center stage, isn't it? Yes, good morning, Paul. Thanks uh, for giving me the opportunity again. Uh, it's really uh, indeed quite a few years that we have been talking to each other already. Corporate social responsibility and sustainability are topics which are gaining more and more ground um, in, in our Industry in Swaco itself, and um, that's why we have, in meanwhile, installed a position, a dedicated position as a CSR manager in, in Swaco. So there is a colleague of ours who is uh, coordinating in the large Swaco group all the, the different approaches to corporate so- uh, social responsibility, which has to do with energy savings, with sustainable production processes, and, and things like that. And as you know, Swarco um, is confronted in tenders more and more with uh, CSR topics and with sustainability demands that you have to deliver social value. This is something which comes uh, especially from the UK side, which comes from the Netherlands, which comes from Scandinavia. So we have to give good answers in our bidding processes to, to what we are doing, except of delivering brilliant products and solutions uh, but what are we delivering also in terms of social value and of course mm-hmm. you're working with competitors mm-hmm. as well on this the mm-hmm. letter to the World Economic Forum yeah this that was indeed uh, a premiere so that big three companies in, in ITS, UNEX, SWACO and Capsh were sending an open letter to the uh, heads uh, of, of the Economic Forum in Davos to, um, to support the idea that mobility plays a crucial role in the whole climate crisis and climate change topic. We know that traffic contributes to air pollution um, quite a bit and, uh, and all the me- measures we can do to reduce um, the carbon footprint of mobility in general are good measures and this needs the support of the entire society and we are also convinced that this needs a certain change of behavior of each and every one of us. So we as travelers, we have to think before we start our trip what kind of mode of transport is the best to use now.
1: And talking of competitors, of course, one competitor has now become part of the Swaco family. That's Dinic that you bought at the back end of last year, um, and as, certainly, as far as the UK goes, the name Dinic is disappearing, and Swaco is taking over completely. So the integration of the two businesses is moving on a
5: pace. Yes, um, you have to know that uh, the Dinic acquisition was the largest one we did so far. And uh, as of October last year we started a post-merger integration process and it is our goal, it is ever, ever, has always been our goal uh, to push the Swaco brand. We want uh, as many companies as possible in the Swaco group having the name Swaco in, in the legal entity name. And, um, and in the meantime, we have renamed um, many DINIC companies already. Most recently, it was the case in the UK, where DINIC UK is now called SWACO UK and Ireland Limited. Um, we had renaming processes already in Croatia. Peak Promet in Croatia is now SWACO Croatia. Uh, DINIC Poland is now SWACO Poland. In Scandinavia, um, we uh, were integrating... The, the DINIC colleagues into the existing country organizations of Swarco which means Swako Finland and uh, swako Sverige in, in, in Sweden and yeah and like this we we are proceeding uh, to push the Swako brand but we want to make sure that our customers get an even better service 24 uh, 7 call center support um, due to the combination of the competences of SWARCO and DINIC.
1: Richard, as always, we could talk forever. Uh, We're out of time now, but uh, Mm. what if we don't catch up before? It'll be
5: a convention center like this in Los Angeles in September. That's for sure, yes. We are planning now for the ITS World Congress in Los Angeles, and we will have approximately the same stand size, and we are looking forward to that Congress.
1: Mm. Fabulous. As always, Richard, thanks for your support of uh, the podcast here, Highways Voices, and uh, we'll catch up soon. Thank you very much, Paul, for giving me the opportunity. You're listening to Highways Voices from the ITS European Congress in Toulouse, sponsored by Swaco, nota.ai and Gevi. We'll try out a Level 4 driverless pod in a moment, but first, somewhere else in the convention centre, here's Sarah with the partner
0: news. Highways Voices, with the latest news and events from our partner organisations IDS UK, Elkrig, Adept and the Transport Technology Forum.
6: The Transport Technology Forum is in search of a bigger venue for its next annual conference in 2023, in light of attendance at and feedback from its 2022 event two weeks ago. Spread over three days, the conference provided ample opportunities for delegates to make new connections and leave with fresh ideas, prompted by a suite of presentations including a keynote address from the Department for Transport's Chief Scientific Advisor, Sarah Sharples, and a Q&A conversation with the Interim Commissioner for Active Travel England, Chris Boardman, MBE. There was also a host of material detailing the real-world experience of developing and implementing technology solutions, including feedback from meetings of the six TTF technical working groups and ideas around connected roadworks, the Manual for Smart Streets, procurement advice, extra support and improving road worker safety. Given the success of the 2022 conference, TTF organisers are on the lookout for a city that can both offer a larger venue and has experienced a share of its own traffic technology journey for the 2023 event, which will be held on the 17th and 18th of May. Any local authority willing to play host to the event and promote their transport technology innovations is invited to contact the TTF with details. The ADEPT Spring Conference took place last week alongside the Annual President Awards. Sponsored by Jacobs, the Delivering Clean Growth category was won by Solihull Metropolitan Borough Council for its driverless shuttle bus initiative, substituting car use with self-driving shuttles. The Digital Innovation and Technology category, sponsored by Ringway, was won by Milton Keynes Council for MK Connect and the development of the first demand responsive bus service in the UK. Surrey County Council's Surrey Heartland's Green Social Prescribing Test and Learn programme won the Shaping Places for People category, sponsored by WSP. The project explored how green social prescribing could help those hit the hardest by the COVID-19 pandemic. The awards were presented by Transport Minister Baroness Vere. More information on the winners and highly commended entrants can be found on the ADEPT website. There's less than a week left to register for the Local Council Roads Innovation Group's next webinar, Practical Steps on the Journey to Net Zero, the Materials Challenge. The event will examine how carbon savings can be made across highway and transportation infrastructure with respect to the type of materials used. Confirmed panellists include Mark Heaton, Programme Leader, Surfacing and Patching at Lincolnshire County Council, Paul Boss, who's Chief Executive of the Road Surface Treatments Association, Ken McNeil, the Regional Technical Manager of Scotland at Breeden, Leela Tatsky, Director of Asset Management for National Highways, and Daniel Morgan, the Quarrying and Asphalt Development Director at Colas. You can find out more and register for the event at elkrig.org.uk. Don't forget it's the ITS UK Awards alongside the Society's President's Dinner Members' Day in Milton Keynes on the 13th of October. There are more awards than ever up for grabs, covering a range of categories loosely based on the Society's forums. Check it all out on the ITS UK website and look out for sponsorship and table packages, as well as more details of the Members' Day which is taking place at the Connected Places Catapult during the day. The awards will be hosted by ITS UK President Steve Norris.
0: Highways Voices, the podcast from highwaysnews.com.
6: One of the interesting things that has changed
1: about the way conversation on driverless vehicles has gone over the years of congresses is we're talking a lot less about vehicles that are going to take everyone from A to B exactly where you need to go when and more about passenger vehicles which will do specific routes. And you join me on Europe's first level four autonomous vehicle that is running on public roads in a complete mixed traffic environment I've come to the south of Toulouse to a cancer hospital where the Easy Mile vehicle that I'm on at the moment is used for people that park up in the car park and want to head to the hospital, we're trying things out, I am with Benika Treverton of Easy Mile who you might remember I chatted to before Toulouse in our preview podcast, Uh, Benika thank you for bringing me on this glorious day out of the convention centre to this corner of Toulouse and here we are in a groundbreaking vehicle.
7: Yes, our pleasure Paul. How are you finding the ride so far?
1: Very comfortable, very safe. It seems perfectly normal. I'm just sitting in here. Now for the first time I've been in pods before, over many years, uh, but this time there's no safety driver on board?
7: No, this is what's called level four of autonomous driving. So completely removing any human supervisor from on board. So you'll notice there's no one standing in here with a controller, with a uniform, poised to press any buttons, nothing like that. This vehicle um, knows what it's doing, is out there doing its route on its own. Um, It is being remotely supervised. Um, So there is a remote supervisor um, sitting in an office um, here in Toulouse, Uh, could be anywhere though, and that's obviously the attraction of this level of deployment. keeping an eye on things on the screens with a headset on and of course if we should need anything here in the vehicle we can hit the button um, and speak with him.
1: So I guess the difference between having somebody on board the vehicle and somebody remote is the fact that the person remote can be looking at more than one vehicle at one time.
7: Absolutely and I think that's the future of this um, type of autonomous driving you know the buzzwords that we use are scalable and flexible so let's say you know this campus has a peak um, time of year and you've got a fleet of five and you know that peak time is coming so you put on four more shuttles into your service. You're not changing a lot in terms of infrastructure or manpower. Um, you're not going out and recruiting more people, training more, you know, building more things onto your site. It's nice and easy um, and yeah you can, you can control all those and flex those. You can change the route, the stops um, to really suit how you want to move people um, on your site.
1: Now we've pinched this journey. Uh, there are four of us on board. How popular has this been among members of the public who are coming to the hospital just for treatment or maybe working or whatever?
7: Do you know what? It's been really great to see people using it, and that's what's been nice that it's here in our home city. So we come down and we see it in action. I was just telling one of our colleagues here in the shuttle before. You know, sometimes people might not even realise it's a fully driverless service. They think, oh, there's the shuttle bus on their hop. Um, some have come specifically mm-hmm. to try it out. It is obviously a something new as well Um, others might be a little apprehensive they'll say to us oh gosh you know there's no driver but once it gets going you're in it now Um, it's a nice steady pace it's comfortable it's getting you from a to b and that's the whole point I'm just we looking out. Do we've
1: we've come to the end here, or and so we've come to the, the actual entrance the main entrance building. of the of the building. Uh, we've come along. The doors have opened. Everything is fine. Um, I was just interested to see how we were coping with starting and stopping in mixed traffic, and it seems to have been absolutely fine. The other interesting thing is how unfazed other pedestrians and um, other road users are about the fact that there's a driverless vehicle in their midst.
7: Well, you know, I think sometimes there can be overconfidence um, with driverless vehicles, but this one, it's not going very fast, and that's the whole point as well. It's a safe, secure service. Um, It looks non-threatening. It's quite cute and small, and it is designed to go along in mixed traffic. And people can see that, I think, and they feel that and they understand that. Obviously, we do as much as we can for um, user acceptance and public education as well. But when you see the people around the shuttle, yeah, definitely, you can see it yourself. Um, They're fine with it. They're mixing in well.
1: Beautiful, quiet electric vehicle takes uh, six people seated, six more standing. What's the future? How big could you make one of the, these using the same technology?
7: Oh, well, it really depends on the use case. Um, we are at the moment working with a manufacturer of a 12 metre bus. So we are automating a 12 metre bus um, for use in city centres. So it really depends on the use. I mean, this one in particular is designed for this niche use as a first and a last mile connection. So it doesn't need to be bigger, but sure. Um, a vehicle like this can be bigger and can be autonomous, absolutely.
1: I guess the other thing about this is <laughs> that we are, in effect, on a computer on wheels. Yeah. So how much is the software being upgraded? How much are you actually using this to understand uh, the capabilities and make improvements that can then be used for other vehicles? Well,
7: that's the beauty of a service like this. This is constantly streaming data back and forth with the supervision and with the software. Um, the upgrades, this one this one in particular had a software upgrade about two weeks ago. So we have new releases oh, every six months or so quite regularly. So, yeah, there's a lot of learning from that as well. And because it's all data, you've got it. It's Traceable. You've got all the logs. Um, so yeah, it's constant evolution as well.
1: Benika Trevorton of Easy Mile. Uh, it's been great having a, a ride on a real groundbreaking uh, vehicle.
0: Thanks for your time. Thank you. Highways Voices: Hearing from the people who matter in the highways industry.
1: It wouldn't be podcasts from an ITS Congress without talking to basically the bloke who keeps an eye on everything that's going on from when the first part of the programme is thought about right through to the end of the session. Uh, It's Professor Eric Sampson, who is Chief Rapporteur among a host of duties um, at the event. Eric, um, as we come towards the end of uh, the Congress, and we're we're chatting at the close of day two, what are the main themes that you've picked up that have been talked about this week? Thanks Paul. Well, I'll go through in a
8: try and be systematic and topic 1, the services for citizens was the second biggest. And as we expected, there was an awful lot on mobility as a service. But the slight surprise was that we got an awful lot more than we expected on the um, inclusivity, accessibility, gender sensitivity aspects of it. And one of the points that was emphasised very strongly in a couple of sessions was you've got to be very careful of unintended consequences, that you have a a superb plan and then you realise it's excluding a lot of people. So you really need to think very carefully about what who, who do I think I'm benefiting from, and am I actually going to deliver benefits to these people? Topic two was the biggest, this was innovatory solutions and again, as expected, a lot on connected mobility um, but that's, in a sense, that's a done deal we know what to do, we know how to get the benefits and the papers were reporting new things from connected vehicles such as selective priority for emergency vehicles and similar. The um, In the past, we've had a lot of buzz about autonomous vehicles. That's faded. The thought of totally autonomous is going away. And there's beginning to be agreement that you have a highly automated vehicle running on an intelligent road. And you've got vehicle-to-infrastructure, vehicle-to-vehicle connectivity to support and fill in the gaps. Topic three was the green and sustainable mobility one and reports there of a lot of small developments no big breakthrough. Slight surprise was that motorway operators have moved towards introducing mass friendly elements such as electric vehicle charging points and support for car sharing on their networks. Um, A real surprise was we always get discussions about modal shift and how important difficult it is But we got, um, I say, the surprise for me was that it was waterways. That on the waterways, one, um, I'm not quite sure what the expression is, canal um, vessel can take 200 heavy goods vehicle. And with a lot of locks on canals now being open to automation and remote operation, this is offering a very great improvement in emissions. Um, and I think that was an interesting breakthrough. It certainly was for me. Topic four was large-scale trials to deployment, and there was a big emphasis on the need to share what's known. Cities are reluctant to share, copy, um, emulate something that's been done somewhere else. They want to do it all from scratch. That's a waste of money and a waste of time. And there is a need to have better publicity of what is known, what is done. Um, Picking up what I said earlier, human factors featured very strongly here and some interesting research on the public's perception of automated vehicles. And there was a very strong correlation between people who thought they were safe or very unsafe were people who were for or against technology in general. Um, And the thought there as well, so what? What can I do with this? But it is a pointer to how to make the perception of the automated vehicle more acceptable. And topic five was citizens, uh, Cities. cities as logistics hubs. This was, as expected, a small topic. It's always been a small topic in Congress, is the freight one. And it's still a sector that lacks a bit of focus. We try very hard to encourage the freight and logistics sector, but there is a reluctance in companies to focus. Um, they, they don't like sharing. They're reluctant to move to more transparent data sharing, and you think, well, there's an awful lot of benefit potentially for you here. Why, why is it that you don't want to accept it? If we knew the answer, we'd do something about it tomorrow, but we don't. So it's a bit early to look back on the week, but I think we can say that we have taken a lot of serious big steps towards connecting the dots, towards coming up with a new mobility world that's accessible, affordable, equitable, zero fatalities, zero emissions, and above all is resilient as the um, geopolitical problems of Europe make clear that resilience in the supply chain is vital. Um, we also need to change the way we look at things. There is a reluctance to change. comment that amused me very much was that for the younger generation the driving licence used to be the passport to freedom and now it's simply having a smartphone with the right app on it. Um, I, I was having a drink with our Prime Minister last week and I read on the wine bottle. Mm -hmm. Only a small quantity is produced, but it's powerfully flavoured and of the highest quality. And for me, that describes the Toulouse Congress. Smaller than Hamburg or Copenhagen, inevitably it's European, but just as professional, just as informative, just as enjoyable.
1: Thank you, Eric. We will catch up again ahead of Los Angeles where we'll be doing daily podcasts thanks to the sponsorship of Swarco, Nota.ai and Gevi. Um, But for now, thank you very much indeed and I'd like to reassure... Uh, You, dear listener, that the noise of the glasses in the background was not Eric and me, but somebody setting up for another event here in the room we're in at the moment later on. Uh, The timing couldn't have been better. That's it for this first of the podcasts here from Toulouse, we will be having another one next week where I'll be picking up some more of the interviews that I've done through the week. But for now, I hope that's given you a flavour of the the automation and the fact that my trip in the Easy Mile pod fitted very much into what Eric was talking about when it comes to autonomy. Uh, It was great to chat to Richard Neumann at Swaco to hear the comments in the opening ceremony and to get a a general flavour of where transport is going here in Europe and beyond. And we'll, as I say, have more from Toulouse next week on Highways Voices. For now, thanks for listening.
0: Highways Voices. Join us again next week for more insights from those that matter in the industry.